Good morning. Hope you had a good week. Uh, here is U.S. President number 43, George W. Bush, part 2, Iraq Evasion. Beginning with the January 29, 2002 State of the Union Address, Bush began publicly focusing attention on Iraq, which he labeled as part of an axis of evil allied with terrorists and posing a grave and growing danger to U.S. interests through possession of weapons of mass destruction. In the latter half of 2002, CIA reports contained assertions of Saddam Hussein's intent of reconstituting nuclear weapons programs not properly accounting for Iraqi biological and chemical weapons and that some Iraqi missiles had a range greater than allowed by the U.N. sanctions, contentions that the Bush administration manipulated or exaggerated the threat and evidence of Iraq's weapons of mass destruction capabilities would eventually become a major point of criticism for the president. In late 2002 and early 2003, Bush urged the United Nations to enforce Iraqi disarmament mandates precipitating a diplomatic crisis. In November 2002, Hans Blix and Mohammed al-Baradi led UN weapons inspectors in Iraq but were advisedly the US to depart by the US to depart the country four days prior to the US invasion. Despite the request for more time to complete their tests, the US initially sought a UN Security Council resolution authorizing the use of military force but dropped the bid for UN approval due to vigorous opposition from several countries. The Bush administration's claim that the Iraq war was part of the war on terror had been questioned and contested by political analysts. More than 20 nations, most notably the United Kingdom, designated the coalition of the willing join the United States in invading Iraq. They launched the invasion March 20, 2003. The Iraqi military was quickly defeated. The capital Baghdad fell on April 9, 2003. On May 1st, Bush declared the end of a major combat operation in Iraq. The initial success of U.S. operations increased its popularity, but the U.S. and Allied forces faced a growing insurgency led by sectarian groups. Bush's mission accomplished speech was later criticized as premature. From 2004 until 2007, the situation in Iraq deteriorated further, with some observers arguing that there was a full-scale civil war uh, in Iraq. Bush's policies met with criticism, including demands domestically to set a timetable to withdraw troops from Iraq. The 2006 report of the bipartisan Iraq study group led by James Baker concluded the situation in Iraq was grave and deteriorating. While Bush admitted there was a strategic mistake made in regards to the instability of Iraq, he maintained he would not change the overall Iraq strategy. According to Iraq body count, some 251,000 Iraqis have been killed in the Civil War following the U.S.-led invasion, including less than 160,841 civilians. In January 2005, free democratic elections were held in Iraq for the first time in 50 years, according to Iraqi National Security Advisor Mowafak al-Rubay. This is the greatest day in history of this country. Bush praised the event as well as saying that the Iraqis have Taking rightful control of their country's destiny has led to the election of Jalal Talabani as president and Nouri al-Maliki as prime minister of Iraq. A referendum to approve the constitution of Iraq was held in October 2005, supporting most Shiites and many 
supported by most Shiites and many Kurds. On January 10, 2007, Bush announced a surge of 21,500 more troops for Iraq, as well as a job program for Iraqis, more reconstruction proposals, and a and $1.2 billion equivalent to $1.5 billion in 2019. For these programs on May 1, 2007, Bush used his second-ever veto to reject a bill settling a deadline for the withdrawal of U.S. troops, saying the debate over the conflict was understandable, but insisted that a continued U.S. presence there was crucial. In March 2008, Bush praised the Iraqi government's bold decision to launch the Battle of Boston. Basra against the Mahdi, their army calling it a defining moment in the history of a free Iraq. He said he would carefully weigh recommendations from his commanding general David Petraeus and Ambassador Ryan Crocker about how to proceed after the end of the military buildup in the summer of 2008. He also praised the Iraqi's legislative achievements, including a pension law, a revised the Bathification law, a new budget, and amnesty law, and a provincial powers measures that he said set the stage for the Iraqi elections. By July 2008, American troop deaths had reached their lowest numbers since the war began, and due to increased stability in Iraq, Bush announced with the withdrawal of additional American forces during his last visit in Iraq. In December 2008, Iraqi journalist Manta Hara Zaidi threw both of his shoes to Bush and made an official press conference with the Iraqi Prime Minister Nouri al-Maliki. Al-Zaidi yelled a strike on Bush as farewell kids and for the widows and orphans were all those killed in Iraq. In March 2010, Center for Public Integrity released a report that Bush's President Bush's administration had made more than 900 false pretenses in a two-year period of alleged threat of Iraq against the United States as his rationale to engage war in Iraq. Senior war crimes prosecutor Benjamin B. Ferenc has suggested that Bush should be tried in the International Criminal Court for 269 war crime charges related, related to the Iraq War. Surveillance. Following the terrorist attacks on September 11th, Bush issued an executive order that authorized the president's surveillance program, the new directive, allowed the National Security Agency to monitor communications between suspected terrorists outside the U.S. and parties within the U.S. without obtaining a warrant, which previously had been required by the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act as of 2009. The other provisions of the program remain highly classified. Once the Department of Justice Office of Legal Counsel questioned its original legal opinion, the FICA did not apply in time of war. The program was subsequently reauthorized by the President on the basis that the warrant requirements of FICA were implicitly superseded by the subsequent passage of the authorization for use of military force against terrorists. The program proved to be controversial. Critics of the administration and organizations such as the American Bar Association argued that it was legal. In August 2006, a U.S. District Court judge ruled that the NSA electronic surveillance program was unconstitutional, but on July 6, 2007, that ruling was vacated by the United States Court of Appeals for the Sixth Circuit on the grounds that the plaintiffs lacked standing. On January 17, 2007, Attorney General Albert Gonzalo, Alberto Gonzalez informed U.S. Senate leaders that the program would not be reauthorized by the President but would be subjected to judicial oversight. Later in 2007, the NSA launched a replacement for the program referred to as PRISM, 
which was subject to the oversight of the United States Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court. This program was not publicly revealed until reports by the Washington Post and The Guardian emerged in June 2013. Interrogation Policies Bush authorized CSI to use waterboarding and several other enhanced in interrogation techniques that Chris, so Chris, including Barack Obama, would label as torture. Between 2002 and 2003, the CIA considered certain enhanced interrogation techniques, such as waterboarding, to be legal based on secret Justice Department legal opinions, arguing that the terror, terror detainees were not protected by the Geneva Convention's ban on torture, which was described as an unconstitutional infringement of the President's authority to conduct war. The CIA had exercised a technique on certain key terror suspects under authority given to it in the Bybee memo from the Attorney General, though that memo was later withdraw, withdrawn, while not permitted by the U.S. Army Federal Manuals, which assert that harsh interrogation tactics elicit unreliable information. The Bush administration believed these enhanced interrogations proved critical information to preserve American lives. Critics such as former CIA officer Bob Bayer had stated that information was suspect. You can get anyone to confess to anything if the torture is bad enough. On October 17, 2006, Bush signed the Military Confessions Act of 2006 into law. The new rule was enacted in the wake of the Supreme Court decision in Humden versus Rumsville. Rumsfeld 548 U.S. 557-2006, which allowed the U.S. government to prosecute unlawful enemy combatants by military confession commission. Rather than a standard trial, the law also denied the detainees access to habeas corpus and barred the torture of prisoners. The provision of the law allowed the president to determine what constitutes torture. On March 8, 2008, Bush vetoed H.R. 2082, a bill that would have expanded congressional oversight over the Intelligence Committee and banned the use of waterboarding, as well as other forms of interrogation that permitted under the United States Army Field Manual on Human Intelligence Collective Operations, saying that the bill Congress sent to me would take away one of the most valuable tools in the war on terror. In April 2009, the ACLU sued and won release of the second memo that authorized the Bush administration's interrogation tactics. One memo details specific interrogation tactics, including a footnote that described waterboarding as torture, as well as that the form of waterboarding used by the CIA was far more intense than authorized by the Justice Department. North Korea condemnation. Bush publicly condemned Kim Jong-il of North Korea and identified North Korea as one of three states of, in an axis of evil. He said that the United States of America will not permit the world's most dangerous regimes to threaten us and the world's most destructive weapons. Within months, both countries have walked away from the irrespective commitments under the USDPRK agreed framework of October 1994. North Korea's October 9, 2006 detonation of a nuclear device Further complicated Bush's foreign policy, which stunted for both terms of his presidency on preventing the terrorists and regimes who seek chemical, biological, or nuclear weapons from threatening the United States and the world. Bush condemned the North Korea's position, reaffirmed his commitment to a nuclear-free Korean peninsula, and said that transfer of nuclear weapons, nuclear weapons or material by North Korea to states or non-states entities would be considered a grave threat to the United States. For which North Korea would be held accountable on May 7, 2007, 
North Korea agreed to shut down its nuclear reactors immediately pending the release of frozen funds held in a foreign bank account. This was a result of a series of three-way talks initiated by the United States, including China. On September 6, 2007, North Korea agreed to disclose and dismantle Alice's nuclear program by the end of 2007. By May 2009, North Korea had restarted its nuclear program and threatened to attack South Korea. On June 22, 2010, while South Korea prospers, the people of North Korea have suffered profoundly, he said, adding that communism has resulted in dire poverty, mass starvation, and brutal suppression. In recent years, he went on to say the suffering has been compounded by the leader who wasted North Korea's precious few resources on personal lectures and nuclear weapons programs. Serious sanctions. Bush expanded economic sanctions on Syria. In an LN two thousand three, Bush signed the Syria Accountability Act, which expanded sanctions on Syria. In er in early two thousand seven, the Treasury Department, acting on a June two thousand five executive order, froze American bank accounts of Syria's higher institute applied science technology electronics institute and national standards and collaboration laboratory. Bush's order prohibits Americans from doing business with these institutions institutions suspected of helping spread weapons of mass destruction and being supportive of terrorism under separate executive orders signed by Bush in 2004 and later 2007. The Treasury Department froze the assets of two Lebanese and two Syrians, accusing them of activities to undermine the legitimate political process in Lebanon in November 2007. Those designated included Assad Halim Hardin, Arden, a member of Lebanon's parliament and current leader of the Syrian Socialist National Party, William Wahab, a former member of Lebanon's government, minister of the environment, and the prime minister Omar Karami, 2004-2005, Hafiz Makwaf, a colonel and senior official in the Syrian General Intelligence Director and a cousin of Syrian President Bashar al-Assad, and Muhammad Nasir Kair Bik, identified as a close advisor to Assad. PEPFAR. In the State of the Union address in January 2003, Bush outlined a five-year strategy for global emergency aid relief, the President's emergency plan for aid relief, PEPFAR. Bush announced $15 million for his effort, which directly supported life-saving and anti-retroviral treatment for more than 3.2 million men, women, and children worldwide. The U.S. government has spent some $44 billion on the projects in 2003, a figure that includes $7 billion contributed to the Global Fund to Fight AIDS, Tuberculosis, and Malaria, a multilateral organization, which saved an estimated four, 5 million lives. According to the New York Times correspondent Peter Baker, Bush did more to stop AIDS and more to help Africa than any president before or since. Assassination Attempt On May 10, 2005, Vladimir a native Georgian who was born to a family of ethnic Armenians threw a live hand grenade toward a podium where Bush was speaking at Freedom Square in Tbilisi, Georgia. Georgian President Mikhail Saakavila was seated nearby. Was Georgia, Georgian President Mikhail Saakavila was seated nearby. It landed in the crowd of about 65 feet, 20 meters from the podium after hitting a girl, but it did not detonate. Arat Yen, Yen was arrested in, in July 2005, confessed and was convicted and given a life sentence in January 2006.
other issues. Bush signed the strategic offensive pre-decades treaty with Russia. He withdrew U.S. support with several international agreements, including the Anti-Ballistic Missile Treaty, ABM, with Russia. Bush identifies a careful approach to the conflict between Israel and the Palestinians. He denounced Palestinian Liberation Organization leader Yasser Arafat for her support of violence, but sponsored dialogues between Prime Minister Ariel Sharon and Palestinian National Authority President Mahmoud Abbas. Bush reported Sharon's unilateral disengagement plan and lauded the democratic elections held in Palestine after the Arafat's death. In July 2001, Bush visited Pope John Paul II at Castile Gandolfo. Bush also expressed U.S. support for the defense of Taiwan following the standoff in April 2001 with the People's Republic of China over the Hainan Island incident <coughs> when an EP-3 Ares-2 Surveillance aircraft collided with the People's Liberation Army Air Force jet, leading to the detention of U.S. personnel from 2003 to 2004, which authorized U.S. military intervention to ha- in Haiti and Libya, Liberia, Liberia to protect U.S. interests. Bush condemned the militia attacks, Darfur, and now denounced the killings in Sudan as genocide. Bush stood Bush said an international peacekeeping presence was critical in Darfur, but he opposed referring the situation to the International Criminal Court. On June 10, 2007, Bush met with Albanian Prime Minister Saleh Barisha and became the first president to visit Albania. Bush, he, it, Bush has voiced his support for the independence of Kosovo. Bush opposed South, South Ossetia's independence on August 15, 2008, Bush said of Russia's invasion of the county, country of Georgia, bullying and intimidation are not acceptable ways to conduct foreign policy in the 21st century. Bush opened in 2002, went to live in Salt Lake City, Utah, departed from various practices, stood among a group of U.S. athletes rather than from a ceremonial standbox, saying, On behalf of a proud, determined, and grateful nation, I declare open the games of Salt Lake City. Celebrating the Winter Olympics in 2008, in the course of a goodwill trip to Asia, he attended the Summer Olympics in Beijing. Bush twice invoked Section 3 of the 25th Amendment, which allows the President to temporarily transfer the powers and duties of his office to the Vice President, who then becomes active President. On June 29, 2002, Bush underwent a colonoscopy and invoked the provision making Vice President Cheney the acting President. Bush was awake and resumed his presidential Powers after two hours on July 21, 2007, Bush again invoked the provision and preparation for another colonoscopy. Again, Bush resumed his presidential powers after two hours. Judicial Appointments, Supreme Court. On September 5, 2005, following the death of Chief Justice William Rehnquist, Bush nominated John Roberts for Chief Justice. He was confirmed by the Senate on September 29, 2005. On October 3, 2005, Bush nominated longtime White House counsel Harriet Mears to replace the retiring Sandra Day O'Connor. She encountered strong opposition from both parties. We found her to be ill prepared and uninformed, uninformed of the law, on the law. 278 Ma- Mears withdrew on October 
Reader's Journal on October 27th, on October 23rd, Bush landed federal appellate judge Samuel e. Alito. He was confirmed on January 31st, 2006. Other court, in addition to two Supreme Court appointments, Bush appointed 61 judges to the United States Court of Appeals and 261 judges to the United States District Courts. Each of these numbers, along with a total of 324 judicial appointments. Culture and political image, domestic. Bush's upbringing in West Texas, his actually his vacations on his Texas ranch, and his penchant for for, for country metaphors contributes to his folksy American cowboy image. I think people look at him and think John Wayne, says Piers Morgan, editor of the British Daily Mirror. Bush has been parodied by the media, cam media, and other politicians. The detractors attended to cite linguistic errors made by Bush during public speeches, which are colloquially referred to as Bushisms. In contrast to his father, who was as having troubles with an overarching unifying theme, Bush embraced larger visions and was seen as a man of larger ideas and associated huge risks. Tony Blair wrote in 2010 that the caricature of Bush was being, as being dumb as ludicrous and that Bush is very smart in an interview with Playboy the you know the New York Times columnist David Brooks said Bush was six IQ points smarter in private than he was in public. He doesn't want anybody to think he's smarter than they are, so puts on a, te- a Texas act. Job approval. Bush began his presidency with approval ratings near fifty percent around after the September eleventh attacks, Bush gained approval rating of ninety percent, maintaining eighty to ninety percent approval for four months. After attacks, he remained over 50% during most of his first term and then fell to as low as 90% in his second term. In 2000, again in 2004, Time Magazine named George W. Bush as its Person of the Year, a title awarded to someone who the editors believe has done the most to influence the events of the year. In May 2004, Gallup reported that 89% of the Republican electorate approved of Bush. However, the support waned due mostly to a Minority Republicans' frustration with him on issues spending, on issues of spending, illegal immigration, and Middle Eastern affairs. Within the United States Armed Forces, according to an unscientific survey, the president was strongly supported in the 2004 presidential elections, while 73% of military personnel said they would vote for Bush, 80% preferred his Democratic rival John Kerry. According to Peter Fever, a Duke University political scientist who has studied the political leanings of the U.S. military members of the armed services, supported Bush because they found him more likely than Kerry to complete the war in Iraq. Bush's approval rate went below the 50% mark in AP, AP Ipsos polling in December 2004. Thereafter, his approval rate and approval of his handling of Domestic and foreign policy issues still they dropped after his, after his re-election in 2004. Bush received grisly heated criticism from across the political spectrum for his handling of the Iraq War, his response to Hurricane Katrina, and to the Abu Ghraib prisoner abuse NSA warrant warrantless surveillance, the flame affair, and Guantanamo Bay detention camp controversies. Amid this criticism. The Democratic Party began control of Congress in the 2006 elections. Polls conducted in 2006 showed an average of 37% approval ratings for Bush. 
He lost for any second term president at that point in his term since Harry S. Truman in March 1951, when Truman's approval rating was 28%, which contributed to what Bush called the thumping of the Republican Party in the 2006 midterm elections. Throughout most of 2007, Bush's approval rating hovered in the mid-30s. The average for this entire second term was 37%, according to Gallup. By the beginning of 2008, his final year in office, Bush's approval rating had dropped to a low of just 19%, largely from the loss of support among Republicans, commenting on his low poll numbers and actually being, of being the worst president. Bush would say, I make decisions what I, on what I think is right for the United States based upon principles, or frankly don't give a damn about the polls. There were calls for Bush's impeachment, though most polls showed a plurality of Americans would not support such an action. The arguments offered for impeachment usually centered on the NSA warrantless surveillance controversy, the Bush, the Bush administration's justification for the war in Iraq, the alleged violations of the Geneva Conventions, Representative Dennis Kucinich deal Ohio, which had run against Bush during the 2001 presidential campaign, introduced 35 articles of impeachment on the floor of the House of Representatives against Bush on June 9, 2008. But Speaker Nancy Pelosi of D.C., California, declared the impeachment was off the table. In April 2008, Bush's disapproval ratings reached the highest ever recorded for any president in the 70-year history of the Gallup poll with 69% of those polled disapproving of the job Bush was doing as president, and 28% proving, although the majority, 66% of Republicans, still approved his job, of his job performance. In polls conducted in the fall just before the 2008 election, his approval rates remained at record lows of 19 to 20%, while his approval rates ranged from 67% to as high as 75%. By in polling conducted January 9th through the 11th, 2009, his final job approval rating by Gallup was 34%, which placed him on par with Jimmy Carter and Harry S. Truman, the other presidents whose final Gallup ratings measured in the low 30s. Richard Nixon's final Gallup, pro, Gallup approval rating was even lower at 24%. According to the CBS News New York Times poll conducted January 11th through the 15th, 2009, Bush's final approval rating in office was 22%, the lowest in American history. Foreign Perceptions Bush was criticized internationally and targeted by the global anti-war and anti-globalization movements for his administration's foreign policy. Views of him within the international community, even in France, a close ally of the United States, were more negative than those of most previous American presidents. Bush was described as having especially close personal relationships with Tony Blair of the United Kingdom and Vincent Fox of Mexico, although former relations were sometimes strained, other leaders such as Hamad Karzi of Afghanistan, Yari Museveni of Uganda, Jose Luis Rodriguez of Patera of Spain, and Hugo Chavez of Venezuela openly criticized the president. Later, Bush's president, tensions arose between him and Vladimir Putin, which led to a cooling of their relationship. In 2006, most respondents in 18 of 21 countries surveyed around the world were found to hold an unfair opinion of Bush. Respondents indicated that they judged, him, judged his administration as negative for world security. In 2007, the Pew Global Attitudes Project reported that during the Bush presidency, attitudes 
towards the United States and towards Americans became less favorable around the world. The Pew Research Center's 2007 Global Attitudes Poll found that in only nine countries of 47 did most respondents express a lot of confidence or some confidence in Bush, Ethiopia, Ghana, India, Israel, Ivory Coast, Kenya, Mali, Nigeria, and Uganda. In March 2007, survey of Iraq opinion conducted by Zogby International and the University of Maryland found that Bush was the most liked leader in the Arab world. During a June 2007 visit to the predominantly Muslim Albania, Bush was greeted enthusiastically. Albania has a population of 2.8 million, has troops in both Iraq and Afghanistan, and the country's government is highly supportive of American foreign policy. A huge image of the president was hung in the middle of the capital city of Tirana, flanked by Albanian and American flags, while a local street was named after him. A shirt sleeve statue of Bush was unveiled in Fushkruji, a few clubs north of Tirana. The Bush administration support for the independent Albanian majority, Kosovo, while endearing him to Albanians, has troubled U.S. relations with Serbia, leading to the February 2000 torching of the U.S. Embassy in Belgrade. Acknowledgments and Dedications On May 7, 2005, during an official state visit to Latvia, Bush was awarded the Order of the Three Stars, presented by President Vera Vik Freiburger. A few places outside the United States bear Bush's name. In 2005, the Tbilisi City Council voted to rename a street in honor of the U.S. President, for the known as Milani Drive. The street links the Georgian Capital Airport in this, with the city center was used by Bush Motorcade during a visit four months earlier. A street in Tirana, formerly known as Ruga Punturet, a religious situated directly outside the Albanian parliament, was renamed after Bush a few days before he made first the first ever visit by an American president to Albania in June 2007. In Jerusalem, a small plaza with a monument, monument bearing his name is also dedicated to Bush. In 2012, Estonian President Tomas Hendrik Ilz awarded Bush the Order of the Cross of Terra Mariana for his work expanding NATO. Two elementary schools are named after him, George W. Bush Elementary School of the Stockton Unified School District in Stockton, California, and George W. Bush Elementary School of the Wiley Independent School District in St. Paul, Texas, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Post-President 2009, the president residents following the inauguration of Barack Obama Bush and his family flew from Andrews Air Force Base to a homecoming celebration in Midland, Texas, following which they returned to their ranch in Crawford, Texas. They bought a home in the Preston Hollow neighborhood of Dallas, Texas, where they settled down. He makes regular appearances at various events throughout the Dallas-Fort Worth area, most notably when he conducted the opening coin toss at the Dallas Cowboys first game in the team's new stadium in Arlington and an April 2009 visit to the Texas Rangers game where he thanked the people of Dallas for helping him settle in and was met with a standing ovation. He also attended every home playoff game for the Texas Rangers 2010 season and accompanied by his father throughout the ceremony first pitch at Rangers Ballpark in Arlington for Game 4 of the 2010 World Series on October 31st, 2010. On August 6, 2013, Bush successfully treated for a coronary artery blockage with a stent. The blockage was found during an annual medical examination 
In reaction to the 2006 shooting of Dallas police officers, Bush stated, Laura and I are heartbroken by the heinous acts of violence in our city last night. Murdering the innocent is always evil, never more so than the laws taken to those who protect their families and communities. Publication and appearances. Since leaving office, Bush has kept a relatively low profile, though so he has made public appearances, most notably after the release of his memoirs in 2010 and for the 10th anniversary of the September 11th attacks in 2011. In March 2009, he delivered his first post-president speech in Calgary, Alberta. He appeared via his video on the Colbert Report, during which he praised U.S. troops for earning a special place in American history and attended the funeral of Senator Ted Kennedy Bush, made his debut as a motivational speaker on October 26th at the Get Motivated Seminar in Dallas in the aftermath of the Fort Hood shooting on November 20th. 2009, the Bushes paid an undisclosed visit to the survivors and the victims' families the day following the shooting. Having contacted the base commander requesting that the visit be private and not involve press coverage. Bush releases memoirs, Decision Boys of the Roman Night 2010, during a pre release appearance promoting the book. Bush said he, was, he considered his biggest accomplishment to be keeping the country safe and am in a real danger and his greatest failure to be his inability to secure the passage of Social Security reform. He also made news defending his administration and his interrogation techniques, specifically the waterboarding of Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, saying, I'd do it again to save lives. In 2012, he wrote the foreword of the 4% Solution Unleashing the Economic Growth American Needs and economics book published by the George W. Bush Presidential Center. He also presented the book at the Parkland Memorial Hospital in Dallas, Texas. Bush appeared on NBC's The Tonight Show with Jay Leno on November 19, 2013, along with former First Lady Laura Bush. When asked by Leno why, does, why he does not comment public about the Obama administration, Bush said, I don't think it's good for the country to have a former president criticize his success despite this statement. Bush Bookley disagreed with Obama's withdrawal of the U.S. troops from Iraq in 2011, calling it a strategic blunder following a term that had been used by South Carolina Senator Lindsey Graham. In 2013, Bush's wife Laura traveled with, the pres- with then-President Obama and Michelle Obama to the Memorial Service of South President and Civil Rights Leader Nelson Mandela. There they joined former Presidents Clinton and Carter. Alongside the 2014 United States African Leaders Summit, Bush, Michelle Obama, the State Department, and George W. Bush Institute hosted a day-long forum on education and health with the spouses of the American leaders attending the summit. Bush urged African leaders to avoid discriminatory laws that make the treatment of HIV more difficult. Bush has spoken in favor of the increased global participation of women in politics and societal matters in foreign countries. On November 2, 2014, Bush spoke at an event into 200 business and civic leaders of the George W. Bush Presidential Library and Museum to raise awareness for the upcoming Museum of the Bible in Washington, D.C. Bush published a biography of his father, George Bush, called 41, A Portrait of My Father. It was released on November 11, 2014. In an interview published by Israel Hayam, Magazine on June 12, 2015, Bush said boots on the ground would be needed in order to defeat the Islamic State of Iraq and the, and the Levant ISIS. He 
He added that people had said during his prayer that he should withdraw American troops from Iraq, but he chose the opposite, sending 30,000 more troops in order to defeat Al-Qaeda Al in Iraq, and, they, and, that they needed, and that they indeed were defeated. Bush was also asked about Iran, but declined the answer, stating that the, any answer he gives would be interpreted as undermining Obama. In February 2016, George W. Bush spoke in campaign for his brother Jeb Bush in South Carolina during an, a rally for the Jeb Bush presidential campaign in the 2006 Republican Party presidential primaries. While Bush endorsed the Republican Party's 2012 presidential nominee Mitt Romney, he declined to endorse the 2016 Republican nominee Donald Trump, and he did not attend the 2006 National Convention, which formally nominated Trump. On the eve of Trump's nomination, reported that Bush had probably expressed concern about the current direction of the Republican Party and told a group of his former aides and advisors, I'm worried that I will be the last Republican president. Bush and his wife, Laura, did not vote for Trump in the 2016 presidential election, according to a spokesman for the Bush family, instead she is to leave the president balance blank. After the election, Bush's father and his brother Jeb called Trump on the phone to congratulate him on his victory. Both he and Laura attended Trump's inauguration and images of Bush struggling to put on a rain poncho during the ceremony became an internet meeting while leaving the event. Bush allegedly described the ceremony and particularly Trump's inaugural address as some weird shit. In February 2017, Bush released a book of his own portraits of veterans called Portraits of Courage, full title Portraits of Courage, a commander in chief's tribute to America's warriors. Following the White House Nationalists Unite the, rally, Unite the Right rally in Charlottesville, Virginia, Bush and his father released a joint statement condemning the violence and idealized president at the rally. America must always reject racial bigotry, anti-Semitism, and hatred in all forms. As a prayer for Charlottesville, we are all reminded of the fundamental truths recorded by that city's most prominent citizen in the Declaration In the Declaration of Independence, we are all created equal and endowed by our Creator with unalienable rights. We know these truths to be ever, everlasting because we have seen the decency and greatness of our country. Their statement came as President Trump was facing a controversy over a statement about the rally. Since Bush gave a speech in New York where he noted of the clear political climate, bigotry seems, bigotry seems emboldened, our politics seem more vulnerable to conspiracy theories and our fabrication. He continued bigotry any, in any form. Is blasphemy against the American creed, and it means the very identity of our nation depends on the passing of civic ideals to the next generation, while urging citizens to oppose threats to American democracy, to be positive role models for young people. The speech was widely interpreted as a denouncement of Donald Trump and his ideology, despite Bush not mentioning Trump by name. In April 2018, Bush's father met in Texas with Mohammed bin Salman, the crown prince and de facto ruler of Saudi Arabia. In May 2019, on the 10th anniversary of former South Korean President Roo Moo passing, George Bush visited South Korea to pay respects to Roo and gave a short eulogy. On June 1, 2020, Bush released a statement addressing the police killing of George Floyd and then and the nationwide reaction and protest following Floyd's death in the statement Bush wrote that he and former First Lady Laura Bush are anguished by the brutal suffocation of George Floyd and disturbed by the injustice and fear that suffocated our country. He also elaborated 
on the Russia justice perpetuated by the police, saying that it is time for America to examine our tragic failures, adding many doubt the justice of the country, and with good reason, black people see the repeated violations that arise without an urgent and adequate response from American institutions. On July 30th, both Bush and his wife, Laura Bush, along with former presidents Bill Clinton and Barack Obama, attended the spokes. Attending the spoke at the funeral for civil rights leader and Congressman John Lewis at Ebenezer Baptist Church in Atlanta. At the service, Bush stated his remarks, We live in a better and nobler country today because of John Lewis's abiding faith in the power of God, the power of democracy, and the power of love to lift us all to a higher ground. The story that began in true isn't tending today, nor is it is the work. Collaborations in January 2010 that President Obama's request, Bush and Bill Clinton, Established the Clinton and Bush Haiti Fund to raise competition for relief and recover errors following the 2010 Haiti earthquake earlier that month. On May, 10th, on May 2nd, 2011, President Obama called Bush, who was at arrested with his wife, to inform him that Osama bin Laden had been killed. The Bushes joined the Obama's New York City to mark the 10th anniversary of September 11, 2000 terrorist attack at the Grand Zero Memorial. Bush read a letter that President Abraham Lincoln wrote to a widow who had lost five sons during the Civil War. On September 7, 2017, Bush partnered with former President Jimmy Carter, George H.W. Bush, Bill Clinton, and Barack Obama to work with One America Bill to help the victims of Hurricane Harvey and Hurricane Irma in the Gulf Coast and Texas communities. Over the years, President Bush has made has had a good nature friendship with Michelle Obama, President Bush and I. We are forever seatmates because of protocol and that show we sit at all our official functions. Mrs. Obama told the Today Show he's my partner in crime at every major thing where all the farmers gather so we're together all the time. She later added, I love him to death. He's a wonderful man. He's a funny man. Bush and Obama were, have sat next to each other at many events including the 9th, 50th anniversary a historic civil rights march in summer 2015, the Interfaith Memorial Service for the Victims in Dallas 2006, and the opening at the National Museum of African American History and Culture 2016, and at the funerals from Nancy Reagan 2016 to John McCain 2018, Bush famously passed events to Mrs. Obama during the McCain funeral in September 2018, and gave them to her again during the funeral of his father in December 2018. At the summer, as President Bush began painting as a hobby after reading Winston Churchill's essay, Painting as a Pastime, subjects have included people, dogs, and still life. He has also painted self-portraits and portraits of world leaders, including Vladimir Putin and Tony Blair. In February 2017, Bush released a book of portraits of veterans, portraits of courage, and that proceeds from his books are donated to the Bush, George W. Bush Presidential Center in May 2019 on the 10th anniversary of former South Korean President Roe Muhayas, passing George Bush at George Bush drew a portrait of Rogue to give to his family. In Mass Culture On Saturday, Saturday Night Live 2000-2009, comedian Will Fair played a satirical caricature of George W. Bush on the show for many years. W. 2008, a bio, biographical drama film directed by Olive Stone in which George W. Bush is portrayed by Josh Brolin. Vice 2018, a biographical comedy drama film written and directed by Adam McKay, in which George W. Bush is portrayed by Sam Rockwell, who was nominated for the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor for his performance. Legacy George W. Bush, Presidential Center on the campus of Southern Methodist 
University SMU located in Unity Park, Texas. President Bush's legs exists to de develop the day supports credit versus counterterrorism policy, creating another major terrorist attack from occurring in the U.S. after 9-11 and also praised the individual policies such as the Medicare prescription drug benefit and the AIDS relief program known as PEPFAR. Cruz also point to its handling of the Iraq war, specifically the failure to find weapons of mass destruction that were the main rationale behind the initial invasion, as well as handling of the tax policy, Hurricane Katrina, climate change, and 2008 financial crisis, as proof that George W. Bush was unfit to be president. Civil historians and commenta commentators told, hold that Bush was what was one of the most consequential presidents in American history. Princeton University scholar Julian Zalazar described Bush as a transformative one and said that some people hate him, some people love him, but I do think he'll have a much more substantive perception as time goes on. Byron Williams of the Huffington Post referred to Bush as the most noteworthy president since FDR and said the Patriot increased authority of the executive branch at the expense of judicial opinions about when searches and seizures are reasonable as evidence. Bush's administration presided over the largest taxes <coughs> since the president Ronald Reagan and his homeland security reforms proved to be the most <coughs> significant expansion of French government since the Great Society. Much of these policies have endured in the administration of his two ministers of Barack Obama and Donald Trump. Reception of the George W. Bush presidency has been ranked among the worst surveys, worst in surveys of the presidential scholars published in the late 2000s and 2010s. A 2010 Siena Research Institute survey of the opinions of historical political scientists and presidential scholars ranked them 35th out of the 43 presidents. The threat survey response <coughs> response gave President Bush low ratings on his handling of the U.S. economy, communication, ability to compromise. Foreign policy comes and intelligence. Bush said in 2013, ultimate history of judge decisions I made and I won't be around because it will take time for the objective stories to show up. So I'm pretty comfortable with it. I did what I did. Among the public, his reputation has improved somewhat since his presidency ended in 2009. In February 2012, Gallup reported that America still rate George W. Bush among the worst presidents, though their views have become more positive in the three years since he left office. Gallup had Earlier noted that Bush's favorability ratings in public opinion surveys had begun to rise a year after he had led office 40% in January 2009 and 30% in March 2009 to 45% in July 2010, a period during which he had remained large out of the, out of the news. Other pollsters have noticed since this trend of slight improvement in Bush's personal favorability since the end of his presidency. In April, 2013, in April 2013, Bush's approval rate stood at 47% approval and 50% disapproval in the poll jointly connected for the Washington Post and ABC as highest approval rates since December 2005. Bush had achieved notable gains among seniors, non-college whites, and moderate conservative Democrats since leaving office, although majorities disapproved <coughs> disapproved his handling of the economy 50% in the Iraq War. 57% is 47% approval rate was equal to that of President Obama's in the same polling period. A CNN poll conducted that same month found that 55% of the Americans said Bush's president had been a failure with opinions divided along party lines, and 43% of the independents calling it a success. Bush's public 
It was saw a great improvement during starting in 2017, which has been interpreted as Democrats viewing him more favorably in response to Donald Trump's presidency, and says that it has been expressed by Bush himself. Thank you for listening to this episode on George W. Bush, the fourth through president of the United States. Have a good week, stay safe, and thank you for listening.